And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, a chance where each week we get to really sample some of the great conversations, or as I like to say, eavesdrop in on what's happening so that we can deepen our walk with God and better our faith and community. Make sure you check us out at Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. That way you can catch up on all the conversations this week. I am your host, Ace McKay, and this week we're going to jump into Poco a Poco as we ask the question, have you ever wondered about Mary's first-hand memory or experience of God. In this week's episode, we're going to dive deep and talk about the rosary, our devotion to Mary, and how to open ourselves up to receive her hospitality. This is Poco a Poco on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. Poco a poco vamos a llegar. Somos peregrinos and you know that's who we are. We make our way. So anyway, we're going to talk about the rosary and what I'm using is, or basing it off of is Back in 2008, uh, Pope Benedict had an, uh, just kind of a general address at the Basilica of St. Mary Major. And he has some beautiful words on the rosary and um, just Mary and Marian devotion. And so that's going to be the topic of our conversation. I always joke that, you know, we have we have a devotion to Our Lady, but Our Lady has a devotion to Brother Colby. <laughs> yeah, let's just call her, maybe Mary's oh favorite. Oh yeah. Um, it's just wonderful. It's just, <laughs> it's true. Um but um, this homily is just also very beautiful, and it's, it's reminiscent of Father John, uh, Father, sorry, Saint John Paul II's um, apostolic letter. I think on the Rosary, it's it's just very worth reading. Um, there's just so much happening in there uh, about the heart of Our Lady and, and devotion to the Rosary. And so this would have been a long time ago. But one of the things that I'm I'm moved by, and, uh, just to kind of open the space of prayer for us in the Rosary, is that John Paul II talks about, yeah, that. And even here, just like sometimes vocal prayer um, and maybe maybe the rosary kind of being one of the most popular vocal prayers around, you know, sometimes it can just become a little bit like uh, repetitive or I mean, it is repetitive, but kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for it can just kind of be, become a little bit stale. I'm just kind of I'm saying I'm saying the mystery I'm saying the ro- and you can just kind of get into a like kind of kind of a well, let me help you. Yeah, read, read it. I knew it was in here. <laughs> this is what Pope Benedict says, which made me feel really good. <laughs> he said, the rosary, when it is prayed in an authentic way, not mechanical and superficial, but profoundly, but, but profoundly, it brings, in fact, peace and reconciliation. So maybe Amen. mechanical and superficial. That, perfect. Great. And so I did have that on my interesting. Um, it can become mechanical, superficial, or it can be just the thing I do. But, but one thing, brothers, is it's so beautiful. Like We're talking about Mary's heart here. We're talking about an invitation to be with Mary. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago about hospitality. Like Mary wants to be hospitable towards us and, and invite us into the home of Nazareth, invite us into her own heart to, to pray and to share with, with us her very life and her love and the way that she loves Jesus, right? So Mary wants to do that. And that's exactly what the rosary is, is like doing it with Mary, like in her heart. She wants to be hospitable. And here's John Paul II's great line is that the power of Mary's memory like that's like the, the, all the decades of the rosary are almost like sitting down with our lady and her just saying, you know what? Like brother Colby, like, I just want to tell you about this time <laughs> that I had this profound experience with Jesus and the angel came and here's what he said. And like, so Mary's telling us, like telling us about her, her own memory of, of God. Like it's real. It's, it's like, it's stirring up like a real experience. And so these are our, our scripture passages that are coming precisely from the memory and the heart of Mary. 
Mary was like there. <laughs> and so she, it's, we're at her school. The, the rosary her, is her, the, the school of, of her life, um, the school of her love, the school of her prayer. And she just is so overjoyed to say like, I want to invite you into this, to my memory, the way I experienced this and the visitation. Like we went, Joseph and I went to Elizabeth and here's what happened in my heart and here's what was said. So it's just beautiful. It's like a contemplative experience of entering the heart of Mary with your own heart in the silence of prayer and just having Mary like tell us about it. Um, so I just think that's just beautiful. <laughs> Writing notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm really struck by some of these mysteries, like the the Annunciation, who is there? The the angel Gabriel, Our Lady, right? Was there any other apostles present? So this is coming from the memory of where did the Saint Luke get the the gospel passage of the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel came to her? So Our Lady must had relationships with the apostles, right? Like speaking to them and telling them stories about Jesus and with such great joy. It just and the rosary is the gospel is the prayer of the gospel. Like you're just meditating on the life of Jesus. It's just I can't go really off on the on the Hail Mary, but like I'll just maybe keep it to this one it was like an angel is a messenger of God, right? And the archangel has a the, the most highest importance of a message, right? And where does the angel come from? From sent by our father, right? Our father in heaven. So the father is there. And he's giving this message to the angel and the angel's going to our lady, hail full of grace. And if we have a hard time coming to our lady, which I did, read that scripture verse over and over again, coming from the angel Gabriel. And know that our Father approves of Our Lady, of, with the most, the highest honor. Because, what did she receive? Who is she crowned with? <laughs> Jesus, the Savior of the world. <laughs> and Jesus could go so much deeper into this. Is like, there's so much to plunge into this. This simple gospel verse here. This is so rich, full of the Blessed Trinity, the angels, the saints. And is given to us. And then comes all these other mysteries of the life of Jesus. And I remember you preaching one day on the memory of Mary. She's just so profound, Our Ladies. And she pondered these mysteries in her heart. Um, she would have prayed that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's like, oh my goodness. And then all these other scripture verses come into, like when you're praying, he's like, wow, where's that coming from? Is it, the word is Jesus. All of scripture is Jesus, right? <laughs> um, and she carried the word in her womb and her heart and her whole being. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, totally possessed by her, by the Holy Spirit. Mary, totally possessed by the Holy Spirit. Can I sh share something I've been kind of pondering a little bit about Our Lady? Yeah, of course. And it's a mystery of... Yeah, I think, yeah, we'll let it slide. <laughs> mystery, of the, mystery of the visitation. Yeah, and please. it's a gospel where, where she received, um, she conceived Jesus in her womb and she went right off in haste to, to Judah, the hill country, uh, with, to take care of her cousin Elizabeth. And looking at the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, those who don't know, it's a miraculous image of Our Lady during the Aztec times in 1530, I believe it is. Um, I'm looking at the image and then in the image, 
there's a band around. Yeah, she dressed like the the women in those in the culture that they were. When the women were pregnant, they wore a band around their waist, showing that they were pregnant. So our lady's pregnant in the image because she has the band, and who she's pregnant with? With Jesus, of course. That's a visitation from heaven with Jesus. And her message was to build the temple to honor God. You know, after the Annunciation where she broke her Magnifica, she proclaims. And then she even says, like, all generations will call me blessed because of he did this to me. It wasn't about me. I did this. I did that. If you, if you just ponder that, take that to prayer and just keep reading it over. And this is the verse that struck me when I, when I was, what drew me to where Our Lady was, my soul magnifies the Lord, or another translation, proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Um, so the word, I was able to see the word better. You take a magnifying glass, you could see small print better. <laughs> my faith is weak, so she helped me see Jesus better. Her faith is beautiful. She believed. He who is mighty, his name, his mercy, he has shown his arm. He has. He has put down. He has filled. He has sent. He has given his servant, our lady, us, his mercy. He spoke. It's not me, me, me. Mary is the most perfect Christian, <laughs> most perfect woman. Um, and she's all about Jesus. So take time and be with her and you probably love Jesus a lot more. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. So it's like a little confused in the beginning. It's like, oh, I don't want to offend Jesus. But I offend Jesus by staying away from her because he created her, right? <laughs> um, and what is the commandment? Love, honor thy mother and thy father. If I, like, sometimes we get scripture uh, twisted sometimes. It's like, when, when the apostles came to Jesus, your mother is outside. Who is my mother? Jesus wasn't saying it in a degrading way towards his mother. He's like, I love my mom. And anybody else who follows my, my word and follows my commandment is my mother, my brother, my sister. Um, Jesus, sometimes we get our own thoughts towards what, how Jesus reacts to certain Like Jesus is so tender and loving towards his mother, so tender and loving towards us. He's always loving. Yeah, just, Jesus, no one can, St. Maximilian Kolbe has a quote saying, you can never honor Our Lady more than Jesus already has, more than the Father already has. So we won't mistake if we honor her. Because if you honor an image, a painting, an artwork, or something created by your hands, you honor the person that created it. And who's better creator than God the Father himself? He made a perfect dwelling place for his son. And he knew that she was going to take care of him in his poverty. Gave, gave Jesus, St. Joseph, the holy family. So we, the more we honor her, we honor the creator who created her. So, But she visits us, not by herself, not to bring us to herself, but to bring us to Jesus. Um, and then we can magnify Jesus too. It's like, he did this for me. He did that for me. He saved me, you know, and, oh, but anyways, I just wanted to go, 
share that. I was really struck by Our Lady Guadalupe as a visitation to us, yeah. to her people, to build that temple of God within us. Thank you, Brother Colby. You like the rosary? I love the rosary. <laughs> you know. When we were we were in uh, Maryland for uh, Rachel and Ethan's wedding, and oh. it, it wasn't until like <laughs> however it was, it was at one o'clock, and I everyone kind of did their own thing in the morning, and it was like eleven o'clock. I saw Brother Colby, and by that time he'd already he'd made was well, he made like twenty seven rosaries, <laughs> <laughs> just that one day to give the people. Incredible. Um, and that's just that's just brother Coley. And uh, congratulations again to the gang. Shout out to the whole gang family. Um, so I want to talk about the rosary thing in two ways, and actually tied in to the last couple of episodes that we have done. Um, first of all, as, as Father Innocent said, I do think that there's a beautiful way to reflect on on the rosary as the um, like the recitation recitation uh, of the rosary as opening ourselves up to receive the hospita- hospitality of Mary. The, the, the recitation of the rosary is opening ourselves up to receive the hospitality of Mary, right? And to receive the hospitality of Mary, kind of like the whole thing, to allow her to love us, to care for us, to see us, but also um, to allow her to, to share um, about Jesus. And, and I think just there is something uniquely privileged and beautiful about hearing right mary's account of the nativity and and mary's account of the annunciation and mary's account of the visitation and and mary's account of of our lord's um you know agony in the garden and and uh just as far as like her own experience of those things to which she may not have always been eyewitness um like there i just i don't know there's just there is a unique tenderness and depth and beauty and warmth and peace and radiance to again just hearing her talk about holding her son for the first time and and to like teaching us about these things and and so i i, I think right um this is one of the reasons i'm so grateful for this this kind of line here from pope benedict because i feel like we've said it before but sometimes i don't i don't know that because what this means what pope benedict's saying here when, what he's saying when he says the rosary when it is pretty an authentic way, not mechanical and superficial, but profoundly. What he's saying is like, if you're, if you're praying it, if you're saying it in a way that's mechanical and superficial, um, there may, they may be very minimal prayer actually involved. Like to say the rosary is not just to, to knock out 50, whatever. Yeah. Like say the words like the, right. Right. And I think for me, that was the struggle. Like at the very beginning where I was saying the rosary, I was doing it while doing all their things. And I was just saying, I was saying the rosary, but I wasn't praying nearly at all. And that um, if we really, if we really sort of enter into it and in our silence and enter into it, I do think there is there's a um, there's a beautiful grace and an opportunity um, that is like as beautiful as sitting, you know, in sort of in Bethlehem with with Mary or Nazareth, Mary, as she tells us these stories. Um, so I just I think that's there's there's a reason it is the favorite prayers of or one of the favorite prayers of the likes of john paul ii and of maximilian colby and of brother colby um because it's there's a there's a depth and there's something more than just a mechanical superficial recitation of a few prayers um but there's an encounter with with jesus and mary and grace and all that sort of stuff the second is um i think that if there was a spiritual personal trainer 
trying to offer, give us opportunities to rehab muscles that maybe have atrophied through lack of use. Uh, I think the rosary would be one of the like the go-to, if you will, exercises. Because uh, part of the difficulty, right, of the um, of the whole media thing and the whole noise thing that we talked about is that we have surrendered the human capacity to contemplate. We've surrendered the human capacity to sit in stillness and to meditate for an extended period of time. And that this is a foundation on which contemplative prayer is is, is built. And so if we want to receive um, the hospitality of Mary, we have to be able to sit in stillness and in quiet um, with her in Nazareth. And um, I think a lot of us have surrendered, have lost that muscle. And for that reason, as doing certain rehab exercises might be very, very painful at first, um, the recitation of the rosary, like it might be really hard. And 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 but it but this is like if it's if it's hard to pray a decade and to focus, this might be a good sign that this is working the right muscle and this is rehabilitating a human faculty which has perhaps been sort of stunted in its development or lost. And so I think, I think, um, I do think that the rosary is both certainly very, very powerful and very, very, uh, a source of really intimate grace, but also I think it's a great just tool for, um, the rehabilitation of the human faculties. Yeah, bro. That's just <clears throat> super well said. Uh, yeah. Just the teaching there is just, yeah. So solid. Um, I also appreciate how maybe at the end of last episode, I'm like, oh man, we could do so much more in silence. This is, I mean, it just clicked. Sorry, I'm kind of present like episode by episode. So like, I'm like, all right, two on silence. And like, actually, this is actually really beautiful that as like a medicine or like a way to practice silence. And and here's why, um, right? Because we, a part of the asceticism of silence is actually uh, praying in a different way. And it's actually, instead of using worldly words, we're actually using words from the scriptures. So this is, you guys know that I'm a big fan of like the prayer word that, you know, instead of, in, in, we're going to, to try to empty ourselves of worldly noise, we're actually going to fill our, so your brain's going to like think something, right? You're going to, we want to, we want to try to be, be super intentional about what we're speaking in our, uh, in our thoughts and our hearts. And so that's why this, the beauty of like the, the tradition of the church, like the Jesus prayer, right? It's the, it's the name of Jesus. It's the, it's the, the holy name of God that, that kind of activates something in us. And every time we say the name of Jesus, right? He caught, like he comes, you know, and it stirs and there's a discipline, discipline, um, to just saying, Lord, Jesus Christ, son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That was just a, a beautiful, like in the East, particularly, um, for the desert fathers, it was just like a really beautiful way that they would teach dis- discipline their minds. So I'm using a prayer from the scripture that, or the name of Jesus to, to wash over me. And it does to help me settle into my heart and to, to take a deep breath and to enter that place where God dwells and in, in me. What's beautiful in the West, we, the, the main prayer that we use in, in kind of a repetition is the rosary. And it is the Hail Mary because as brother Colby points out many times that it, the, the name of Jesus is actually in there too. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Right, and that first part is absolutely from this, from the Word of God, right? And we say that slow with Our Lady. We we repeat the the inspired Word of God in scriptures. The last half is the is kind of the 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 the, the begging for her to pray <laughs> and be with us and and aid us, right? But brothers, it's the same thing. 
you know, we're, we're, we're fasting from noise of the world, from, from maybe other types of like, just no, like other noise, even in prayer. And we can just use the rosary, use the word of God, use the, the words right from, from the gospel themselves and just like settle into the heart of Mary. Um, so it's actually teaching us silence. It's actually one of those concrete things that if we practice the rosary and and just say the decades or even say one decade, I always tell people start off with one decade and just say it really in, in beautifully, simply, intensely. And it, it will teach you to silence your heart, to be with Our Lady. And I think it will teach you how to pray. Well, we can relive Mary's memory and experience of God through the rosary. Good stuff this week from Poco a Poco. Make sure you check out the full episode and any podcast, uh, previous episodes that you might have missed when you go to Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. I am XYK. When Catholics Coast to Coast returns, we all know what it's like to have a messy family, and the longer that we have a family, the more we realize that the problems never really go away. So Messy Family Podcast really helping us to bring perspective into how to better our communication so that as parents, we can be encouraged in taking our families back. So we'll jump into a Messy Family Podcast when we return with Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it is um, a little rainy day here today. I know. We didn't want to say it's a wonderful day, but actually all week it was wonderful. It was. It <laughs> it's was. not so it wonderful was. now. And of course, as soon as we're having guests coming into town, the weather does not cooperate. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. That's right. We, we need the rain and, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, we are um, we are so glad you joined us. Or I think this is actually an important topic and it's going to be a great subject for us to talk about. It's a very honest topic. Yes. Yes. And that's um, the thing. Yeah. It's very real. Anyway. So, but, um, we are in the midst of a survey. So if you haven't taken our messy family Please ministry, survey. so we do this yes. every year and this survey is really, really important to us and our planning yeah. as we look out at the new year. Um, so even if this is your first time listening, we would value your time. All right. So looking at, uh, well, I, I, I'll go to this. It, so we, um, our, our third child has our third, the child is the wrong way to say, adult child, Mary. Maura, we yeah. can say her name. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> our daughter, Mora, who is our third, Ma married to Married Alex, and, yeah. and, and had a baby and just had the baptism. Yes. And, in Cincinnati. And looking Shout at- Shout out to Cincinnati. Oh, it was such a great- Oh, great, great time. It's, it's actually really always time being there with them, but it, it's like, there's something beautiful. beautiful. community uh, in Cincinnati, really is so much. like amazing people there and amazing priests. We met um, Father Roger from Francis Bacon. No, yeah. Roger Bacon. Yes. <laughs> I always say the wrong name. <laughs> Sorry. Roger Bacon High School, right? <laughs> right. But he was the godfather. And then we got to see Father... Um, Cecil, Father Zach Cecil, again, he married Maura. Now he baptized her first daughter. 
great priest and a seminarian there, Curtis, I had a long conversation with. It was just so great. I just feel like the Catholic Church is alive and well in Cincinnati. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. But it it, it really struck me uh, driving home. And and you'll see how some of this weaves into the topic Some of these conversations, yes. (laughs) But we were thinking about... you know, the, the changes that come, right? New babies. And we, we get emails and we get people contacting us like, what do I do? How do I deal with this? There, there is no more dramatic change in your life than being born or having a new child, right? Your life changes so dramatic. Of course, yeah. change life changes when you get married, but it's like you were already in a romantic relationship. You were already in a relationship heading towards marriage and it kind of builds gradually. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, but then life throws some curveballs at us. Or, so the or first challenges. big change is just having a child. That's right. But then the hits just keep on coming after that. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, then you have three kids under five, then you have kids in school and you have drama and then you have teenagers. And then I hate to tell you guys, but it never ends because then you have adult children. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, And then it's just like, it just, it, there's always changes. And I went to my granddaughter's uh, preschool, right? And just, you know, the, the challenges <laughs> of going to school and the, 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 the or you're, if you're homeschooling or if you're, you know, you, even even on the um, kind of the, the challenging side, like you have a loss of a job or there's just drama. Like there's all these things that surround us that can build up some stress, mm-hmm. that can add some anxiety to our, our lives, right? And all of these things uh, don't go away. You know, they, 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 they continue to build, right? And for many, many, I'd say that it is more challenging than ever to be a parent today. Yeah, I, um, I would agree. And I think anxiety, stress um, are, are, at least on all the surveys, they're increasing uh, for in the modern world. And And we recently got an email from a listener who said something like, I feel like sometimes you guys talk, I can't relate to you because I'm, I'm working and I'm trying to balance this and that and the other thing. And it kind of like made us realize, like, I want to have just a really honest podcast today because (laughs) I think the others have been somewhat. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like (laughs) relying before, you know, that's not at all what we're saying. No, what I'm saying is I never, I mean, I don't want to give the impression that we have everything all together. What we do want to do. Messy family is not just a name. It's not it, just it's a, a name. lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> That's very true. And that we, all right. So we have basically, we want to give you guys some empathy, but also some encouragement. Okay. Yeah. So the, first of all, just to say, if we ever come off, like we have it all together, it's simply because we're faking it. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. But I also think that we don't have it all together, but we have perspective. Yeah. Because we have been doing this for about 30 years. Yes. So even though, and that's what we want to talk about. So we're going to share a little bit about our own life, but also give you, when you, if you are a new parent, you've been married for 10, 15 years, we just have some perspective to give you. And I think that that's what happens as you get older. It's not that the, not that things go away. No. Because, but it's that you still have some of the same problems, but you just, the way you see them is so different and, or it can be so different. And that's what we want. We want to encourage you. Yeah. Because I, I think that I, um, I would oftentimes as a young dad, look out at some of these families and look at them with kind of older I, families, older families that look like they had it all together. And I kind of idolize them. And, um, and what I realized is that I was comparing my beginning to their middle or kind of end of their go. parenting. And I realized, 
much later that, oh, they went through some of the same exact stuff and oh, or even harder. And, I, and, and then, yeah. and I didn't realize all the stuff that they were currently going through, you yes. know, like, and, and so just for us, like, you know, we have teenagers, you know, we've had many teenagers over the years and sometimes teenagers can be moody. Yeah. Sometimes teenagers can mope around and, um, as you're seeing we're, we're counting on the fact our teenagers are not listening to the podcast, but maybe they are. We <laughs> no, have three no, in our no, house right now. <laughs> but um, we're not talking about anyone. I'm, I won't mention their names. Um, <laughs> but but you you start to wonder, am, is there something wrong? Exactly. Is there something really dramatically? Because sometimes your mind plays tricks on you and you go to the worst case scenario. I always go to the worst case scenario. Do, I feel do you like. really? I don't know. I kind sometimes, of do. Well, and I, I also I think, think- Sometimes different people- Think about things more. You know, when I see my teenagers just like being really tired or moping around or whatever, I just start thinking like, are they okay? Are they getting depressed? Are they dealing with anxiety? There's stuff happening at school that they're not telling me. Am I too involved in their lives? Am I not involved enough in their lives? You know, like, and I I kind of like operate from this place of thinking, what are they going to come back 10 years from now and be like? you never did this or you always did this or, you know, and I'm always thinking about like, okay, how are they going to, how are they going to take this? You know? And that gives a certain amount of stress. You know, And then, yeah. and then there's like breakthrough moments when oh, we sit down and talk and they give me a big smile. And I'm like, okay, all right. They're, they're, it looks like they're okay. Yeah, you, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's always that those concerns that you carry around with you as you are launching these young adults into the world, you know? And did I do enough to prepare them? Did I have all the conversations I'm supposed to have? How is the relationship with God? Are they going to confession? Are they, you know, in a state of grace? Like all of these things that you can be overwhelmed, you know, by worry, you know? And and just thinking of, of anxiety and overwhelm um, <laughs> that we've experienced. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me, and and tell me if you if you experience this differently, but was when I was out of work. There's a number of years ago, mm-hmm. um, but when I couldn't put food on the table, that was extremely stressful, mm-hmm. right? And and I and, and that's just like it's trite to say that, but for those months that 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 happened, that that I couldn't find a job, and it was frustrating. It was demoralizing. I felt like I couldn't do what I was meant mm-hmm. to do, and um, and we'll get and we'll get to kind of the end story of how I worked out of this in some ways. But it's like those added like pressure to even our marriage, and those are kind of crossroads, you know, where you're like choosing one path versus another. And mm-hmm. was that stressful for you, like during that time, or were you just like, hey, Mike's got to figure it out? I was. I I had. You know what? Even though women. They say one. that women don't compartmentalize. We kind of do because I, I just was so involved in all of the children that we had at that time, you know, and just, just like worrying about schooling them and doing what we could do, you know, like inside the home. But the thing is, is that that was whatever, 15 years ago, but we still, that's not like ancient history. Like we still deal with things today. Yeah. Like we're still, and that's what I'm trying, we're trying to say is that like, Yes, you go through hard things that you come through on the other side, but then other new hard things <laughs> keep right. coming. They don't, they don't it's like stop, right? it, it doesn't stop. Like even just recently, we had our one of our children had an outside of our home had saw witness two adults in her life who were just basically out of control. And and it was I don't want to say traumatic seems a strong word, 
but it was very upsetting to her. And that's not something that we necessarily could control, but that's something that is now adding stress to our life because now we have to deal with that. That's right. We have we to talk plan with her. on it. We didn't come yeah, to it. And right. we have to deal with our own emotions as far as our, you know, that. being yeah, angry at those adults. How do we, how do we deal with that going forward? How do we help our daughter process what happened? Like all of those things, those are things that we're dealing with today. Like, that's what yeah. I mean. Like we don't have, this is our, this is our really real life that we deal with just like you do, yeah. just like all of our yeah. listeners yeah. do, you know? And then there's all the like things like, again, at things outside of our house, preteen girl drama, like girls always, there's always stuff going on with girls. I feel like anyway, and it's nothing that's not, it's insurmountable. And this is, this is what I'm saying too, is the perspective is that we, since we have older daughters, We've seen this happen We've weathered before. This, yeah, exactly. And that's actually really, I mean, we're, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but it, it's its that that gives us a little bit of more calm in exactly. the storm because we've weathered these storms before. We have been exactly. through this. Uh, we've been on this road before. Right. It's still not fun going through seeing your daughter like upset or trying to help her deal with her, her emotions, deal with friends' emotions, like all of that. Like it, it's still not fun, but- it, we have a different perspective than we did 10 years ago. That's right. You know, when we had girls going through this simply because we've, we've done it before, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then simple little things like uh, even in our home and it may, it's just like, you know, cars that, that break down and then I don't know Water how we're, softeners that what, have been broken yeah. that Mike has and, not even had time to like and, go and buy. And, and, and it's like, it, it's like, these are, these are not, maybe not important <laughs> things, but they are important, you know, right? It's well, the like things you have to do. You got to take care and, of And you know? getting the time to do it. I feel like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing that. We'll keep moving. Right. Like it always feels like there's all these little things that are just. Volunteering for our kids' sports teams. Because, you know, like when you have kids involved in sports and I see all these other moms doing so much, I'm like, I really should volunteer for yeah, the concession stand. You, you know, I, I know, but it's just like. You know, when you're dealing with five different sports teams, it's like one volunteer, like first season. Yeah. It's like, this is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do we do all of this? Yes. And not lose our bleeping minds. That's right. right? There you go. Um, That's the question, isn't it? <laughs> all, right, all right. So, so when you, when you have these things, and again, you guys fill in just, uh, just, just, we're going to pause for a second and say, okay, what are some of those challenging, stressful moments in your family, in your life? family right now? Like what, what's bringing you some anxiety? What's bringing you some stress? Just think about those things. Don't drive off the road. All right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, and then what do you do? Right. Um, That's the question, isn't and, it? <laughs> and so we, we've got, we've got really two basic options. You ignore them or you do something about it. And, and let's just talk about the ignore for a second. Are those two options? I guess they really are. Really? Right. I mean, what else are you going to do? Or you ignore it or, and you don't do anything. You just allow it to sit ignore there and it. stress you out. That's right. Ignore it and hope it will go away. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hoping is not a plan. And, <laughs> Hoping and, is and, not and a plan. So I was listening to, we've had him on the uh, podcast before, John Deloney, mm -hmm. you know, he was on uh, with Dave Ramsey and, uh, and he, and he used this line. Because we listen to podcasts too. We do, we do, we do. <laughs> and, uh, but John had this great line. He says, many people, and he had this new book on anxiety or whatever. Hmm. And um, I think that's the, what it was on. Um, we'll but, put it in the show notes. That's right. Um, but, but John had this line where he said, uh, many people are, are um, just putting duct tape over their gas gauge, uh, knowing that they're about to run out of gas. Meaning, mm. um, do we just ignore stuff in our lives, stuff that's going on, the stresses, the anxieties, the- While the, you're running on empty. So it's like, mm -hmm. so we have to ask the question, 
is our marriage running on empty? Yeah. Do we feel like our family life is running on empty and we've just simply duct taped the, that gas gauge and we don't, we, we know it's there, but we just can't ignore, we're just ignoring it because we don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's, that's, it's important for us to recognize that sometimes we all fall into that trap and there are things that we should just say, I don't have time for, but what happens is that when we do it, I can think of like three things right now. I'm like, there's a pile of papers over there that I should be taking care of. But yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, ignoring right, right, it. Right. And, and, and those things pile up. <laughs> probably a bad literally idea. Pile up, yes, right? that's true. That's and, true. But if they're and if they're unimportant things, that's maybe okay. Right. But if they're either A, bothering you, stressing you out, because when you get that pile and you kind of like throw things in a closet and yeah. emotionally and you throw it in the closet, keep closing the closet door. In the beginning, maybe it's just just a pair of shoes. But then if it's like, oh my gosh, I can barely open the door. That's going to flood out. That's going to mm. that's going to swamp you. That's going to overwhelm you, and it will be as if I don't even want to go. In. I'm just going to start. I'm going to seal that door. I'm going to go find another closet and start filling that up. Well, the other thing too is that your children's lives, their childhoods don't last forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if you spend ten years stuffing down emotional things, not even just like the pile of papers or the water softener that needs to be bought, you know, for years. But if you are stuffing down issues that you see with your kids or issues you see with yourself or issues you see in your marriage, you know, it's like their childhoods don't last forever. Right. And they have these sensitive periods where they're learning things and we don't have time. Like we don't have the time to just ignore, 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 because before you know it, your kids will be teenagers and they're, they're gone. That's right. That's you know, right. And, and if it's emotional issues or emotional things, when you're stuffing it down, it will likely come out and come out That's in the right. wrong way. And we don't want to do that. Uh, we don't want to do that. It doesn't mean we have to just dredge through all the stuff in our lives at one fail swoop. But it's also your family life is too important. Yes. Your That's family it. It. is too important to the world, to the world. And this is why we do this podcast because family life, especially Catholic family life is important, not just even if it would be enough just to say it's important for your marriage and your children. Right. But in addition to that, it's important for the world. Yeah. And, and so, so you have the choice of either ignoring that stuff or doing something about it. Yeah. And, but then it's often like, well, then, then what do I do? And too many people feel like they can just with their sheer will or grit, uh, just white knuckle it through whatever the challenging moments are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's okay for a short period of time. We've all done that. Sure. Right? And, and I can't it, deal with this right now. So I just need to continue to right. whatever, and go to school, it, right? go to work, pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But white knuckling it yeah. is not a long-term strategy. Yeah. Just simply saying, I'm just going to do this by the power of my will. And I'm not going to look at all the, the stuff that actually really needs to be evaluated and, and, and put into its right place. Right. Um, so, uh, when, when we, when we want to look at this again, maybe there, you know, the stress or anxiety has turned to be overwhelming. And when things become overwhelming, you can be like, I don't know how to even deal with this. Or I'm, I'm right now moving from moment to moment. So often I don't even have the time. I and hear you know, that. I just want to say one thing that just to reiterate just exactly what you just said about ignoring it and just kind of like white knuckling or dealing with it that I, you've seen me that happens in my life a few years ago yeah, and where I was just kind of like riding a wave, just like on the edge. But the thing is, and then something happened, there was a precipitating event. Yes. And I was completely 
bowled over. Yeah. And yeah. It, it just went. It was a full wipeout. <laughs> yeah. It was a full wipeout that was very difficult. Of, of it took surfing, a long you know. time. Yeah. <laughs> it took a long time, you know, like a year probably of just kind of going to counseling, working through things, stepping way back from right. a whole bunch of things, you know, it's so, like, guys, don't do that. Right. <laughs> don't follow my example. You know? <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Exactly, no. but, exactly. But, but I think that's, that, but that's a, a perfect example of when we, when we ignore, 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 exactly. it does explode exactly. on us. Exactly. Um, and so we, we do need to That's why white knuckling is not a plan. Right, it is not a good strategy. <laughs> so so um, what do we do? You know, what do we do? And, and, and I, I was saying this, that, that a lot of people look and say, um, you know, I just simply don't have the time. I just don't have the time. And, um, I, I think it's, it's important to recognize what are the reasons we're not doing it? What are the reasons we're not looking at this situation? Um, whatever it is, whatever it is. And, and, and just say, we have been there. We have been in your shoes. We have walked down this path before, and you've probably even seen it in your own life, right? I think there's probably very few of us who haven't dealt with some stressful thing and figured a pathway forward, right? That didn't sure. ignore, but that did something about it and moved you to a new place. And we need to remind ourselves of that. And, um, you know, there is a, a time where you have to look at a problem and say, um, you know, is this a problem that I can handle on my own? Mm. Is this a problem that I need my spouse for? Most likely. Yeah. Um, or do you need somebody in professional help, right? You know, like, the, the, like did, did something crash down in your life? Yeah. Um, um, loss of a child, right? Or, or uh, some other very tragic event. Oftentimes you would need somebody else. And it's, it's not only okay, it's wise and good for you, your children and your life that you bring somebody in to help you. Mm -hmm. um, because you have to just take a quick assessment and say, what's going on? Is it small? Oh, I, I can deal with that. That's just, that's a me problem. Oh, this is an us problem. Or this is, I need somebody else uh, to help me in this. Um, and I feel like sometimes too, it's not just something as dramatic as like the loss of a child, but it can, I mean, right. which is obviously- Horrible, but that's very dramatic. But there's also, it doesn't even have to be that big. Like for me, it was just simply people, relationships that I really cared about that were struggling, that were falling apart. Yes. Um, simply doing too much, yeah. you know, yeah. like uh, working it, too hard. It, it, it got like, to overwhelm. Yeah, right? it, it, being responsible, taking on responsibilities and just in my personality, that responsibility is a big deal. And so it, I couldn't just let things go and just yeah. be like, oh, well, I just can't do that. You know, no, it was like putting pressure, psychological pressure, emotional pressure on myself that didn't really need to be there. That's right. And it's like, you build things up. Sometimes we build things up and this is where we're gonna get into the part of the solution. But just to say, the problem comes when we build things up in our mind that are much more important than they are in reality, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And just recognizing that, wait a second, step back. If you quit this thing, would lives be lost? You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. perspective. Right? Yes, exactly. And it's so, so important to gain perspective because when you lose perspective, that's when we can start to feel overwhelmed and stressed. And that's what we want to kind of give you from our wisdom that we've, <laughs> that we've gained from many our mistakes. mistakes. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> And just through living life and which is, that's how we, what we do, we gain wisdom from people who are older than us, that's you right. know, that's which right. is, is really great. So. All right. So what we want to do is propose to you a pathway out. 
There you go. Um, and so the first thing um, we need to do is, is just on a very simple, simple level is number one, take back your life. We need you to stop giving up or yielding uh, ground to things that simply don't matter, right? Things that are uh, seemingly important or maybe expectations. Right, exactly what I was saying. Uh, You're, you build up these things in your mind and it's have, sometimes you have to stop and just be like, you know what? We have to start managing those things in our life and not allowing them to just be overwhelmed. Because yeah, if you don't manage the stuff in your life, those things will manage you. Right. And, and instead of simply looking out at, at our kids and saying, all right, you know, we're just too stressed to do all of these things. Like I, I had, I had a dad uh, in, in the dad's course just asked me, he's like, Hey, you have all these kids. And he says, you guys have talked about like special time and all these different things. And he says, and I, I've got, he says, I, I feel bad saying this. He says, but I've got a busy job. I don't have as many kids as you do, but I'm like, how did you find time for all of this? And sometimes we just need to say, Hey, I'm not going to let the stuff in my life rule me. I'm not going to let my schedule rule me. I'm going to create my schedule to say, this is my life. And I am going to take time for the things that matter most. And also, you know, for this, this young dad, I was like, everything you're doing sounds great. Yeah. I think too many times we- uh, I think he was had too high expectations even for himself. Because yes. when he told you the things that he was doing, Mike was like, you're awesome. Oh, like, <laughs> you're rocking it. Yeah. But in his mind, he was kind of building it up. Like I need to do all of these, all of these other things. And Mike's like, you know what? Let's just look at what you're doing and, and recognize that you're doing, you're doing great where you are, where you are. Right. And so the, the first advice we have for you is just call a timeout, you know, say, oh, take your life back by simply saying, I'm not going to both, whether it be false expectations whether it be um, very busy schedules, whatever's going on, mm -hmm. just say timeout. The, the, number one, um, take back your life by by making time for this conversation, for um, putting on a calendar an extended time for you to talk to your spouse because the answer to almost virtually everything in your marriage and your family life is going to be figured out between the two of you. That's Again, right. sometimes you might need outside uh, professional assistance or, or, or friends, but nine times out of 10, it's the, the husband and wife coming together and saying, okay, but it's simply saying, we're going to make time. We're going to put this on the calendar. That's the simple action right. that we have for you. Because even if you have friends or professionals or whatever, who give you advice or give you guidance at yeah. the end of the day, it the two of back. you have to decide to do it. And so the baby step is put a time on the calendar when you're going to have extended time to talk with your spouse. Right. I'm where's extended time, meaning three to four hours Depending without on the, the topic, children, right? Yeah. Without the children, that's not late at night. Like you have got to take the time to talk to your spouse. That's the only way that you're going to get out of the little gerbil wheel yeah, that's right, that's <laughs> you know, right. that you're on. That is your life is to take time to talk to your vocational partner, yeah. you know, your spouse and your greatest counselor. Your, yes. Again, even if this is an issue that, that this, you alone are facing, the two of you probably should solve it together. Yes. And that the, the getting the two of you on the same page requires time. And, and that's the first thing you should talking do. about it. That's right. You know, so first, that's our first baby step. Put on the calendar today. If you are totally stressed out with your life, put on the calendar when you're going to go out with your spouse, three to four hours to talk about whatever it is that you need to talk about. Okay, number one. 
And that so, is number two. And number two, uh, don't get trapped <laughs> in the weeds. Yeah. Um, too many times we get we get very fixated. We 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 have those blinders on to what's right in front of us, what's happening now, yes. what's urgent yes. and, and right here, and we need to lift our heads up. And um, again, we we talk about this idea that that sometimes we just get so focused and we're just going day to day to day to day. But there are these things that are either in the background or these expectations that are playing in our heads. Um, maybe you're looking at your life and you're like, how did I get here? You know, was that, was that a talking head song? This isn't my beautiful house. This isn't my beautiful wife. Um, how did I get here? Um, but, but it, it's, it's this idea that, um, or is that REM? I can't remember. It's talking heads. Anyway, I think it's it. the talking head. I, I think so. The days go by. Anyway, somebody email us. Anyway, but, but you, you, you sometimes get to this place where you are married, have a bunch of kids or whatever, whatever that means for you. And you're like, how did I get here? This wasn't the plan I had. Or maybe, maybe again, some curveball that comes to your way. Yeah. And you're like, how did I, the expectation or the ideal that I have set in my mind of what marriage and family was going to be. And, you know, I thought when we first got married that here's a woman who loves me, who cares about me. She's going to provide for every need that I ever have. And she's going to know whatever <laughs> I want, whenever I want it. And it's going to be perfect. Yeah. Um, it wasn't exactly that way. Oh, <laughs> Not some, exactly. Some, some, some elements, <laughs> some of that. We didn't even last the first day. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's true. Very true. Um, but but sometimes those false expectations, yeah. even good expectations can cause anxiety. Well, for us. I think that sometimes too, all we can see is the step right in front of us. Like I remember so often having all the little kids in the house and being like, I just need to make it to nap time. Like when you wake up and you're just like, I just need to change this diaper, clean up this spill, like dealing with this. And you're just yes. seeing the little, little steps. But you're, what you're, what happens in those situations is that you're looking at the gap between where you are and where you want to be. The ideal. Or right. the ideal that you set in your head or looking at other people's families and you're like, I am nothing like that, yeah. you know? And you feel miserable about yourself. But you're not looking at the game. Right. How much better are you than you were five years ago? How much have you learned from what you learned even three years ago? Look at your children. They're alive. They're healthy. They're yeah. learning. Maybe they don't know how to read yet, but look what they do know. Look yeah. what they look at the situation that you, you know, where you were before and where you are now. So it's that's like looking at the, um, focusing looking on the gain. at focusing on the gain and not the gap in front of you. And I think that really happens with young families right. or with any family. And that's what I mean about like us having perspective that I, we still have those same struggles, but because we've been doing this parenting thing for so long, we can look back and be like, okay, we have had a lot of wins. We have learned a lot. We still have a lot to learn. And and we've realized too that that we don't get as stressed out because like, oh, we didn't do X, Y, and Z all perfectly. Well, look, we have adult children that are actually healthy, holy, yeah. uh, in, in not only relationship with us, passing on great and, and awesome faith and values that we really care about. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, let's just take a breath. Right. And you it know? doesn't mean you don't stop trying. That's it right. just means your perspective is different and we we are less stressed out about certain little things than we were in the past. I, I just as an example, an analogy, I remember thinking that um, when the kid, when I was homeschooling and one of the kids didn't learn like all of the different parts of speech, like at the end of second grade. And then in third grade, 
they were learning it again. Yeah. And then and in fourth get, grade, they were learning it again. So yeah. I was like, okay, wait a second. These things are actually not important because it's not important. I was so stressed out about them learning it at this point in their education. But and then I realized it, they're learning repeating. it up uh, over and over again up until like high school. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know what? I, I cannot get stressed out if they're not learning this particular lesson at this particular time. And I think that that's true for a lot of parenting. It's not that you don't teach it, but it's that you realize and, and, it's going to come I, around. And I think it's probably a better example uh, or a better time to bring in that that dad who was at this point, right? We, you know, the, that he was he was measuring himself yeah. what what he thought or what he had the impression that we have done, right? And then I'm like, <laughs> well, let me burst that bubble right now, right? And, uh, and it was, it was great to just kind of relieve some of that pressure. It's good to have an ideal. We really encourage you to have a vision of where you want to go. Otherwise you're going to be rudderless and absolutely, but don't hold it up as if I'm not there today. Yeah. It's a, it's a place to orient yourself to So then you look at your gain, what, where have you grown? And if you're not growing, well, that's, that's, you got to change that. You can control that. Absolutely. But don't let the, you know, the, the, the the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. And what we want to do in this kind of baby step, if you will, is, is is reorient the things in your life, kind of prioritizing them and saying, okay, let's let's reorient to having that perspective that is we're focused on the gain that we're making, that that we're making forward progress. Kind of like reorient to your true north and make sure that you and your spouse are on the same page of like, okay, we're we're still building this life together. That's right. Taking our family back, that is a messy family podcast. And in case you got a chance to go to Mass this morning, making sense of this week's Word on the Word. Today we're taking a look at the greatest commandment from Matthew. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Yes, but how do I do that all of the time? How do I know that I love God like the way I'm supposed to? How do I know that I'm doing it correctly? Veronica, I I think that there's so many people who have the same questions. I once read that to love God means to desire and pursue a greater communion with him at all times. So like receiving the sacraments and going to adoration and just taking everything to God with all of your heart and soul and just being totally honest with him? Yeah. This communion with him increases through his graces and obedience to his will and through our efforts to imitate Christ in loving our neighbor. That makes so much sense, especially because the Sunday's gospel goes on to say that the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Just like you can love your friends and family without seeing them all the time, you can love God in the same way. But you have to put in the time and effort. You have to visit them and spend time with them. That makes so much sense. Thank you. You're welcome. This week, we challenge you to ask yourself, how will I show my love for God today? And catch us next week right here on EWTN. Bye. Always a great challenge when we dive deep into God's Word. So check out previous episodes of Word on the Word when you go to Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. I hope that you find it encouraging and we'll share it with your friends. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow, and we'll see you again next week. I'm Ace Wickay. Remember to let God define who you are, and we'll do it again with Catholics Coast to Coast.